Chapter Fourteen of His First and Last Appearance by Francis J. Finn, S. J. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Chapter Fourteen. Philip meets an old friend and gets a surprise, which literally takes away his breath. The Union Station in Chicago was brilliantly lighted. Trains were rolling in and rolling out, and passenger traffic at that particular hour was exceedingly brisk. Isabel, more than usually timid in all this din and bustle, was seated with the little ones in the ladies' waiting room. The New York train had not yet been made up, and Isabel, worn from her week of vigil and anxiety, had no desire to stir beyond the station. Not so Philip. As the minutes wore on, he waxed more and more impatient. His restlessness showed itself in all the infinite varieties which a small boy, when he is put to it, can devise. Say, Isabel, can't I just take a run out of the station and take a look at Chicago? He'd asked this question seventeen times in less than a quarter of an hour. Well, dear, will you be sure not to go out of sight of the station? Certain sure. You needn't be afraid. I won't get lost. And you won't be away long? Not more than five minutes. Very well. We shall wait for you here. Our train will be ready in a quarter of an hour. Just half an hour before it starts for New York. With a skip and a bound and a cry of joy, Philip was off. Once outside the station, he took a look about him before choosing his direction. The electric light sputtering overhead made the street so bright that one could read a newspaper. Philip was just about to choose his course when he uttered a subdued cry of astonishment. Could it be? Was he dreaming? Yes, it must be true. Advancing toward him, with his hands clasped behind his back, and his head bowed in meditation, looking very worn and aged, was Professor Himmelstein. Philip looked again. The man came on, unheedful, apparently, of his presence, and would have brushed by him had not Philip caught his arm. The professor turned sharply, looked into the upturned face, and literally jumped. Ach Gott! he cried, throwing up his hands. "'It is you! Hurrah!' cried Philip. The old man caught the boy in his arms and hugged him. "'Oh, but I'm glad to see you, Professor. We've all missed you so much. We talk of you every day.' "'So!' cried Himmelstein, beaming. He looked very haggard, his eyes were hollow, and his moustache, in lieu of its whilom fierceness, drooped at the ends. It had grown whiter, Philip thought.' But, Professor, how do you come to be here? We thought you were on the way across the ocean to Germany. And so I was going, my little boy, and I had bought my ticket and I was ready to go, and then I could not go. Why? Because I, I, could not leave my Philip. I thought perhaps that he may come back to New York. And so I am, said Philip joyously. We're all on our way now. We're going by the next train. So, how wonderful, Philip, so am I going, and we shall travel together, you and Isabel and Charlie and Marie. That's great, cried Philip enthusiastically, and Isabel will be just delighted to see you. She's waiting for me in the station now. Come on, let's go and see her. The professor took out his watch. Ah, but thirty-five minutes, and I have not dined. If I go to see her, Philip, I will not be able to take myself away. Would you like to take supper with me? Of course I should, answered Philip promptly. 
then go quick to isabel and tell her that i will take care of you and we shall dine together and after that we shall go to your sister on the train with me go quick i will wait for you here philip departed at a run he returned presently at the same gate flushed and smiling it's all right professor isabel says she would trust me anywhere in your hands so said the professor in a low and dismal guttural well he added brightening we shall have a great supper himmelstein was true to his word philip was entertained right royally never had the old man been so bright so loquacious he poured out stories and jokes and puzzles till the restaurant was made gay with the laughter of one of the most charming laughers alive there were people there that evening who delayed over their meals to feast their ears upon the merry music which charmed the very waiters into attention the old man in the pauses afforded him by this laughter mopped his brow he was perspiring freely though the restaurant was not particularly warm but everything even good stories and merry jests and a hearty appetite comes to an end ha said himmelstein again taking out his watch and frowning at it it is time we go come i will buy a cigar and pay the bill when they issued from the restaurant himmelstein was puffing at an enormous havana which he gazed at as he took it between each puff from his mouth as though it were a species of explosive which might go off at any moment i didn't know you smoked professor i did not till you and isabel and marie went away from me and then no more i had a companion so and i got sick and the doctor said to me smoke and i smoke and already the cigar is my companion do you like it no but it likes me it does me good now philip he went on as they entered the station wait one moment till i get my ticket philip waited obediently instead of going to the ticket office however himmelstein hurried over to the telegraph stand and having hastily scribbled a few words on a telegraph blank handed the operator a coin he walked then with a very unsteady step the boy noticed to the ticket office how pale you look professor said the boy taking his hand after the purchase of the ticket it is the stomach i am not well philip you and i will go first to the smoker car i feel dizzy and i will not go with you to your sister till i feel better so but isabel won't know what has become of us objected the boy so ah i forgot but she shall have word wait and you will see they had passed through the door into the railroad shed carry your baggage sir cried a boy of fifteen no my boy but if you would earn a quarter you bet i would bring a message to miss isabella chance you will find her on the sleeper of the new york train that is going out in a few minutes i'll find her sir himmelstein had pulled out a blank book and was already writing his note dear isabel he wrote phil and i are going into the smoker and when i shall have finished the cigar for which i paid fifteen cents and which i smoke now after meals for my health we will return to you in the sleeper and we will talk of old times and old friends and be very happy to be together once more already be not anxious i will answer for philip he is the apple of my eye your friend henry himmelstein there bring that and there is no answer are you sure you can find her just as sure as she's there so and himmelstein gave the boy a quarter now philip 
he continued, before we go into the smoker car, let us look at the station. Is it not large and bright? What do you think? And look at all the peoples. Is not that a band of gypsies? A band of gypsies it was. The glaring colors and strange weird faces caught Philip's attention. Still holding the professor's hand, he followed them for some distance, and continued his artless survey till they had all disappeared in an immigrant car. Now, Philip, it is already now near the time. We will go to the smoker. They walked back some distance. So, here we are. Get in, Philip. I will show the tickets to the man. Philip mounted the platform, followed shortly by the professor, and together they entered the car. There were not more than five or six occupants. Here, my Philip, said the professor, choosing a seat, as far removed as possible from the other passengers. Take this place, and I will go out to see that Isabel gets my message. Do not stir till I come back in a minute. The old man was not quite true to his word. He was gone for several minutes at least, and when he returned, he threw himself beside Philip. So, he said with a forced smile, his face was ghastly. Putting his cigar into his mouth, he began to puff furiously. Say, Professor, you look as if you were on fire. What makes you smoke so hard? So, was I? asked Himmelstein, taking the cigar out of his mouth and looking at it sternly. Come, I will tell you a story. All right, said Philip, delighted, and make it long, too. Himmelstein had in early years read the Arabian Nights. Out of the scattered memories of its contents, he put together a most wonderful and incredible romance. Philip listened with dancing eyes and parted lips. He was in a land where birds laid eggs as big as elephants, where there were diamond valleys and sleeping whales and terrible snakes and wondrous eagles, where there were ships and shipwrecks and miraculous escapes from all manner of danger. In a word, he was voyaging with Sinbad the sailor. The bell rang, the train started, but Philip had neither eyes nor ears for anything but the words and gestures of his companion. The city was left behind, and out of the black darkness outside, an occasional lamp shining from some house revealed that they were in the country. But Philip heeded not, for the narrator went on adding incident to incident and adventure to adventure. At last the story came to an end. The cigar had been smoked and thrown away long before. "'Isn't there any more?' asked Philip. No, it is enough, and the man wiped his brow. He was really exhausted by the effort. In telling that story, in recalling and forcing into the body of it details and incidents which had slept those many years in his memory, Himmelstein had gone through the hardest mental labor of his life. He was exhausted and unnerved. Lying back in his seat, his features began to work convulsively. Philip, watching him, grew uneasy. Say, isn't it time for us to go to Isabel's car? No, no, not yet, gasped Himmelstein. His face was ashen gray. But I want to see her, said the boy, beginning to whimper. There is no hurry. Sit down. I'm going now, sobbed Philip, frightened and uneasy. He made to arise, but Himmelstein shoved him back into the seat. It is no use, Philip. It's no use. With an effort he sat erect and added, Your sister is not on this train. This train is now halfway to Milwaukee. End of chapter 14